It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1 800 858 858. Good start from Stephen Johnson, a really good one. Johnson leads the race. Daniel Ricciardo gives Renault their first podium. Cam Waters is our 2020 pole sitter at Bathurst. The driver's seat. Oh, the defense is massive. The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. And welcome to The Driver's Seat. It is so good to be back, even though myself, Nims is all, Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson are all over the place. Let's do a quick roll call. (laughs) Stephen, are you in Adelaide? Present. (laughs) Matthew, are you in the Gold Coast? Uh, yes, I am, but I'm going to have to slow down my speech a little bit because I am in Queensland, and that's just the way we do things a little bit. Hey, more importantly, Nims Azor, are you Welcome in Victoria? Back. I certainly am. I certainly am. I'm absolutely freezing my you-know-what's off. But uh, <laughs> you know what? I can't complain because I've had two weeks up in Townsville, and someone else, in fact, our first guest, he is our uh, feature interview for Ryko Filters. RC Mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional's choice. Absolutely. Well, you know what? He had a sunny day at Winton, which is very rare to say, but we got to get straight to our first guest and we got to do it properly. So let's give him his proper intro. Jamie goes all the way out to the racing line. Waters down the inside. He's ideally positioned now for turn three and he's done it. So differing strategy this time. Loaded side that time for Van Gisbergen. Here's the key rejoin. Here comes Waters. Waters has just done the fastest lap of the race to get out the front. the epic battle these two blokes had at Bathurst last year. It was one of the great battles, wasn't it? A breakthrough victory for Cam Waters and the Monster Mustang. This is a huge moment for Cam Waters. That's right, it was at the Bend Motorsport Park just a scant couple of weeks ago. Please welcome to the driver's seat from Monster Energy Racing, the one and only Cameron Waters. G'day, fellas. How are we? (laughs) Mate, we are fantastic, and uh, welcome back to you because you must have a bit of a spring in your step after Taylor and Ben finally getting the win, mate. Congrats! Yeah, thank you. It's been a uh, an up and down start to the year, coming so close to a few wins, but um, yeah, then I guess the race two crash uh, wasn't looking that good after having a really fast weekend and not much to show for it. So it was great to bounce back in that last race and obviously get the. The first win of the year, and uh, we needed those points. Hey, mate, I was just uh, driving into the show because, as Nimsy said, I'm in Adelaide at the moment, so I'm been a week down at Tail and Bend, actually, where you've just been doing some driver oh, cool. training. And um, I watched a little bit of the, the Supercars radio chat that they put up, and uh, they had a bit of your radio chat after that, that contact at uh, two, through Turn 5. <sighs> You were like, yeah. what happened there? It was like it's like you had no idea that, that was coming. Oh, I had no idea. I thought I was 
clear. Um, I thought I was, you know, past Chaz and, and everything was about to unfold. And um, Mate, you're passing Chaz. And... You're never clear. <laughs> just, just to make that clear, you're never clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I now know that. I now know that. Um, yeah, I had no idea who hit me or how I got hit or anything. All I knew I was doing, uh, yeah, lots of spins off the circuit with a wheel hanging out of it. So wasn't um wasn't obviously the best, but managed to get it back to the pits and the boys, you know, fixed her up and not just fixed it for the obviously the last race, but gave me a straight car that was fast as well. Because it's it's been a tough. Let's I mean let's be honest, and uh, and uh, we've been pretty critical. I think you'd say Stevie J of of Tickford, um, not critical well, only of you, because Cam. only because we've expected them and Cam. To oh, be, absolutely! Like with yeah. Scotty Mack gone to be leading the championship and, and have won six races by now. You know, that's that was my tip. That was your tip. But it's been a tough start, hasn't it, Cam? It hasn't gone that way. Uh, no, it hasn't. It's obviously been challenging, but we've had a fast car, so that's uh, that's really good. That's positive. Um, you know, qualifying's been really good for us. Just hasn't really translated, and it's a little bit of race pace we're lacking, but then had a bit of bad luck. So, you know, power steering failure at Bathurst really hurt us, and then, you know, getting the getting taken out, um, at tail bend, yeah, it really hurt us again. And you know, you've got to have a little bit of luck in this game, but you know, we've just got to have a fast car. We got that. We've just got to find a little bit of race pace mm-hmm. and, and hopefully we can um, get all these wins that you guys are expecting from us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, on, on the ups, on the upside though, uh, after down there in Tasmania at Simmons Plains, you had a good car from lap one to lap, whatever last lap at tail and bend like the thing was hooked up the whole way through so obviously different style of track different surface but you've obviously thought long and hard about that race car and that tire life and um and definitely made that work a lot better than what you did down in uh, in tassie yeah 100 percent. obviously tail bends a much different track but we took a lot of different setup to the bend um obviously after the tassie issues we had so the good thing is we've got a lot of really good, smart guys at Tickford and, um, you know, got a few other good drivers to bounce off as well. So, you know, we put all our heads together and come up with a plan for the bend and, you know, it worked at the bend. We just got to see if it works at other tracks now. Um, Cam, I want to jump in the time machine and I want to go back 10 years because it was 10 years ago that you won a competition I think it was on, might have been on Channel 7. It was the Supercars Showdown with Kelly Racing and you got to drive... Yeah. In the Bathurst 1000 with Grant Denya, you're 10 years down yep. the track now. You're a regular at the front of the pack. What If you could go back in time, what would you tell Cam Waters about that weekend 10 years ago? What would you say to that kid back then? What should he do? Um, probably just take it a little bit easier and um, yeah, don't put any pressure on yourself, obviously. Um, looking back on it now, so inexperienced, but you know, you, you've got to jump in the deep end at some point. So for me, I probably probably expected to go a little bit quicker than I did that weekend, and that probably caught me undone. But, yeah, just um, don't put any pressure on yourself. Have fun, and it probably would have been a lot easier weekend for for both <laughs> of us. But it was um, it was a really fun weekend up at Bathurst with Grant, and, um, you know, I still look back on, on that weekend and, you know, still pinch myself. It was a pretty cool way to, to do your first Bathurst 1000. Do you look um, back on it, sorry to interrupt Steve, do you look back on it and think how lucky you were not to bend the thing front to back because you had a major moment out of McPhillamy Park, didn't you? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, when it <laughs> happened, I didn't actually realize how big it was. And then, um, you know, I look back at it, you know, the following week, I'm like, oh, that was pretty big. And now I look at it and I'm like, holy shit, that was so big. And it could have been, could have been massive. But I was just, I don't know, I guess, young and dumb at that point. <laughs> hey, mate, um, looking, at, looking at the stats, I mean, they don't lie. You are the clear, clear leader of that team. Um, but with Tommy Randall coming in, he's... Uh, he was quite fast at Talon Bend, and um, you know, is that something that I think you know he's got three? I think he's got three uh, wild card starts this he's, year. Are you looking forward to to that and working with him and 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 helping that progression of those cars? Because I mean, I mean, we're a big fan. Of, I'm a big fan of Tommy's, and so is obviously Nimsy and Maddie. Um, and I think that you know he de- deserves a, a full time seat. Just hasn't sort of transpired at the moment, circumstances, but. Um, are you looking forward to that? Like, because that, that to me looks like a, someone that's would be fantastic to work with. He's fast. He's a team player. You know, more all data too. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Tom's a, an awesome young guy, obviously, and he's obviously had his challenges the past few years, and that's probably hurt him a little bit getting into the main game. But it's great to have him, you know, doing the wild cards this year. And um, you know, he's, he's fast enough on the weekend. I think he's top ten in in one of the races. Oh, that's awesome for a, for a wild card. He's showing up some of the the guys that have been doing it for years. So yeah. he um he works hard. He's got an awesome attitude and is fun to be around. So um yeah, hopefully he uh, he doesn't put any pressure on himself. Just has fun through these wild cards. And and like you said, he's 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 fast. So um it kind of helps us as well with with a bit of data as well. You two you two work really good at uh, at Bathurst together, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what they've got lined up for us. So, um, you know, they've locked in all our co-drivers. So I don't think they've decided where we're putting who yet. Um, let's talk testing. I have. I've decided that. I've decided that for you guys. And I reckon if I rank Tim tomorrow, I reckon that our uh, our layout of the driver. I reckon it'd be pretty close. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Don't put the kid under any pressure, mate. Jeez, go, go no, easy. Hey, let, let's talk about I just testing. Want him to don't win you? It. That's all. I just <laughs> want him to win it. You, you had a uh, you get to you got to go and have a skid at Winton yesterday all day. Um, yeah. But you weren't using the super soft tyres that I think they're going to be using in two weeks. So how much do you get out of a test like that when you can't use the appropriate tyre? Uh, well, I guess the tyre we use for the rest of the year. So. Mm-hmm. Um, testing is, is still pretty relevant and um, we get to try a lot of these things in a bit more of a controlled environment and get the data on, on things that we want to try but you know don't have the time to at a race meeting so it was um yeah really important for us we had a huge program to get through which we got through i'd say 90 percent of it and um lots and lots of data for the boys to go through now which is really good um yeah found some things to do and not to do and um yeah i guess we are going to winton with a a different tyre, so I think, you know, the teams that have done the testing on that tyre already, um, you know, when they were working out if they wanted to do it or not, they'd probably got a bit of an advantage, but, uh, yeah, it is what it is. We'll bowl her on and we'll see what she does. Because your car this year, mate, looks like it's been hard on its tyres. Like, you've got you've got ripper one-lap pace, that's, that's evident, but, you know, we've commented on it this year that you seem to drop back uh, not only in the race but throughout the weekend even though you won the, the the race the other day but before that it seems to have been a bit of a, a habit of the car to just fall off the pace have you worked out 
internally? You don't, obviously don't have to tell us what it is, but have you think you've worked out internally what why that's been happening? Um, yeah, I think so. Well, we, we've got a rough idea. I don't know if we're fully to the bottom of it yet, but I think we've definitely turned a corner with it. So, um, you know, there's, there's things that our car does very well and, and does very well, not poorly, but, you know, not as good as it probably should. And um, it's probably why it's good in, in quality trim as well. So we've uh, yeah, identified a few areas, you know, that's part of the test day plan. Uh, I think I think we could have found a few things, but um, we really just have to get back to, you know, tracks that are hard on deg and, and get another data point before we can kind of say that we've fixed it or not. Hey, talking uh, four wheels and talking sprint cars now, because I'm quite... Here we go. Here we go. Mate, mate, you've obviously done a little bit. We've seen a lot of it on social media and and on all the the news posts and things. Um, You've obviously taken that pretty quickly, which I I knew you would. You know, like anyone that's good in what they're doing, especially driving, I think you can adapt pretty quickly. And I think Scotty McLaughlin has shown that in IndyCar at the moment. He's going fantastically well. you're having uh, a really good run in the sprint car. It took you a few runs to, to just to get your head around it a bit more. You've done a lot of speedway before. Has any of that stuff, can any of that stuff go the other way? Can any of that stuff translate from the dirt over to what you're doing in the supercar? Um, well, I guess, first of all, the, the sprint car was so different to any other dirt stuff I've done. So mm. I thought it, it probably would have been easy for me to pick up than it kind of has been, but because they're so different, it's actually been pretty challenging. But I've absolutely because your background's set like super sedans, isn't it? It's like a yeah, like late models sort of thing. Yeah, late models, tin, tin tops, tin tops. So um, they're totally different to a sprint car where you you need to be on the gas to turn it, and the wing does a lot of things which you wouldn't expect it to do. And yeah, there's lots going on. So um, it's taken me a little while to, to work it out, but kind of making the A mains now, which is which is pretty good in my first year yeah. and um yeah the one thing with them is you have to be super smooth and because they're so aggressive and violent it's actually hard to be smooth in it it um throws you around and stuff so i think that that can help in the supercar um you always have to change your lines um you know find the grip you know move your wing how you use the brake and the throttle and everything like you know every lap it changes so i think yeah. being able to adapt quickly um is, is a good thing and it's probably making you think a bit quicker on the fly, which, you know, that only helps in the supercar as well. So it's got a lot of, a lot of positives to it, I think. Well, you're not um, in a supercar. You, we constantly see on in-car cameras, you guys are mucking around with front and rear bars, brake bias levers, all that sort of thing. Um, in the sprint car, even though you're that busy, obviously turning left, well, turning right to turn left, if you're, if you're like <laughs> yeah. the McQueen, um, you, you've still got, you know, adjustments with top wings and all that sort of stuff, haven't you? Yeah, well, you can move the wing back and forth, um, but also you've got to pull tear-offs. So when the yeah. track's really heavy, you can go through 10, 15 tear-offs in a heat race. And, um, you know, they're hard enough to drive with two hands, let alone take your hand off and try and find a tear-off on your visor and, and pull it. So there's lots going on. Um, you know, they're so fast. They've got 900 horsepower, and when the truck's good, you're, you're flat the whole time. So they're, they're fast. And when you get back in the supercar, everything's happening a little bit slower again, <laughs> which, is, um, which is good. So, um, yeah, like I said, lots of positives to, to do it, I think. So are we gonna, are we going to see you do some more at the end of this season again when the sprint car season rolls around? Yeah, so we're, we're planning to do um, a 
couple of events in Darwin, middle of the year. Um, you know, that's kind of their season. Uh, so we'll go do that, and then yeah, later in the year we'll definitely um, do a few more. So real keen to to keep doing it and uh, yeah, keep learning. So Ken, before we let you uh, before we let you head off, mate, uh, thanks for giving us a bit of some of your time here. But something that's really stood out, at least in 2021, is you're you're one of the official KO ambassadors now, and I keep seeing your face on billboards with NBA players and Dustin Martin, and you're in the ads with Nathan <laughs> Buckley and Jason Tamalolo and Annalise Perry and all that. Uh, how did that come about? How did you get signed up to be the face of KO for Supercars? Uh, well, yeah, they approached us and kind of put a bit of a plan together what they wanted to achieve, and um, yeah, we come to a you know conclusion. We're pretty happy for both of us, and. Yeah, got to do a few ads and stuff, which was pretty cool. Made a few different, you know, athletes from different codes. And, um, yeah, they've been really amazing to work with. So, yeah, really cool to have Kayo on board. And, um, yeah, it's cool to see your, your face up next to Dusty Martin and, and people like that. <laughs> how, do you, uh, how do you rate your acting skills? Oh, shit out. Shit out. <laughs> um, definitely. Well, oh, good. I'm, I'm glad because that's – that- that was the opinion we had in the studio here too, mate. So. He didn't say much, did he? Yeah. He looked like he looked like Len Seaton on an in-car camera. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, though, Cap. Hey, mate, you've uh, you've done pretty well. This has been a hell of a good season for you. And uh, look, last year, I think you, you turned a lot of heads and proved that you know you're not just a flash in the pan. And everyone was sort of saying, "Oh, yeah, he's the the leader of Tickford." But I think you pretty much stamped at the end of last year. I think he is the leader of Tickford here. So mm. thanks for giving us uh, some of your time here on the driver's seat. Uh, go well at Winton, and hopefully we'll see that Monster Energy Mustang up the front a little bit more. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys, and hopefully I can get another win and I can talk to you again soon. <laughs> there you go. Kevin. But Waters. you will. You will, because oh. everyone that's been on the driver's seat goes on to have a rip around again. So uh, come Winton, mate. We'll be, we'll be talking to you in a couple of weeks, <laughs> there's no doubt. Perfect. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> on your camp, well done. Uh, Cameron Waters joining us here on the driver's seat. Our feature interview, thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask me again for Ryko Filters, the professional choice. It's pretty big. Cons- uh, and Steve, you'd know this too. To be the face of Ford, essentially, like that's pretty big for a young guy. That's huge, you know, and um, it's something that, you know, he really stamps his authority at the end of last year. You know, you've got to remember, yes, yeah, Scotty won the championship, but. He was the form guy at the end of last year. And um, and DGRTP back then and Scotty really had nothing for him at Bathurst. So, um, you know, and he's continued that on this year, albeit with a little bit of bad luck. Something that I, I, I really should have brought up because I, but I didn't quite want to ruffle any feathers. I was just sort of thinking when I was going through the stats, there are some incredible Bathurst similarities between uh, Cameron Waters and one Stephen Johnson. Both, really? both ended up on the podium at Bathurst with Will Davison. Both led the race at a fair bit. Both were undone by a triple eight car. <laughs> it's just like, when you think about it, like there's, a, there's quite a bit of a parallel there, isn't there? Oh, brother from another mother. <laughs> hey, Steve Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've made, we've made it very clear that we're all in different studios around the nation right now. Yes. I yes. can, I can tell that you're eating though. What are you eating? I'm actually. <laughs> I can I'm tell actually, you right now. I can tell you right now. If I'm looking at the baby monitor, there yeah. is what can looks see, to be. It's 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 a chicken pad thai. Here you go, Nimsy. Can you see it on the camera? We'll put that up on our. We'll put that up on our driver's seat page later on. Oh, that's tomorrow. too good. That's too funny. Oh, 
Jeez Louise, talk about cash for comment. <laughs> needs, needs more chilies. I'll tell you. Uh, text in if you want to, 0433 98 11 16. Tommy and Toowoomba's gotten involved. Tommy! There we go. Welcome back, Nimsy. The boys are a bit wayward without you. Yeah, they really yeah. straightened up with me here, haven't hey, they, Tommy? Uh, hey, hang on a second. What's this What's this boys, Tonto? That's not. There was one of us that was a little wayward. Just log on to uh, the driver's seat app and have a listen to last week's show, particularly the last five minutes, and you'll see what Tommy means there. Me, I was a good boy. I'm someone surprised. got someone needed to go to the principal's office after that one, and yeah, it wasn't Dick me. Johnson needed to go to the principal's office. Yeah, exactly, office. the Johnsons, <laughs> like father, like son, squared. Hey, welcome. You are listening to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to our mates at Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. We've got a massive show to get through. The full two hours. So, if you want to get involved, Yay. do that we're going to talk gen 3 we'll do that next because uh well i just saw a bucket of bolts uh on the old fast deli this morning so mm. we'll have a yarn about that in just a moment but have your say text us in 0433 98 11 16 this is the driver's seat thanks to Kubota. together we're shaping and building australia this is the driver's seat with matt McKeldin and stephen johnson thanks to Kubota. together we are shaping and building australia Great to have your company on the driver's seat. Good to be back to here on the program. Uh, Nims is all alongside Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Apologies if we sound a little bit disjointed. We're doing like one of those multiple studio things where uh, I'm in Melbourne, Steve's in Adelaide and Maddie's in the Gold Coast. But we're making it work, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. After five years, you reckon we'd get this right. But anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's get to some of these texts. 0433-981116 is the number. Uh, if you if you do text in, please add your name to the end of it as well, just so we can properly credit you. Uh, this one is, firstly, welcome back, Nims, with a smiley face. This one's directed to you, Stevie J. How would you feel about one day potentially seeing Jet behind the wheel of one of your old DJR Falcons in the future? Yeah, I just read that, actually, and um, it'd be cool, you know, like... I'm guessing that's for possibly a test or something in, in one of my old cars or even grandpa's old cars, you know what I mean? So it'd be cool. You know, it's always good when you get the, the second or third generation family that are doing the same thing um, and sort of taking the same path down their, I guess, um, their career um, to be able to do something like that. I mean, I'd love to be able to see Jet drive some of some of dad's old stuff, to be honest. You know, I mean, the cars that I drove, they're still fairly relevant to today, you know, like the Super 3 car, I guess you'd call it now. But, um, you know, he's driving a H-pattern gearboxed car now with his Hyundai, and he's probably going to do the same in TA2, <clears throat> pardon me. But um, I think the the supercar or the, the V8 touring car back then, and for him to drive one of DJ's old ones would be just very, very special. And and to do that, you know, obviously before he gets too old and, and doesn't remember what's going on. So... Uh, I think that'd be that'd be something special to to have him do, but also I think that it'd create a lot of interest. Yeah, and I mean, he's done. He's been driving that front wheel drive Hyundai in the in the XL series. Maybe you yep. could put him into a uh, a Sierra. That's front wheel drive turbo. Mm. That'd be no, pretty good. Drive. Oh, is it rear wheel drive? See, I never knew that. How good am I, the motorsport guy? I never knew that Sierras were for rear-wheel drive. <laughs> yeah, I never drove one. Rear-wheel drive. Um, but um, yeah. They were a beast. They were an absolute beast. I've heard they were like a hand grenade. You just, when it hit, it hit. That turbo kicked in. It Absolutely. was next level. Yeah, next level. And, you know, like I think, I think we've spoken about it on the show. DJ used to uh, 
he used to run the engines in with basically no turbo connected to it and then give them a pet, like run them in so that they don't wear the turbo out. And then I think, I think he was saying it had like 92 horsepower without a turbo on it, connect the turbo up, give it two bar of boost and it had 650. <laughs> So it's a fair difference when you put the hairdryer on it. That, that's for sure. <laughs> Mate, there'd be plenty. There'd be plenty of uh, hat backwards brigade that would love to to be able to do that. Just bolt a turbo on and give it another seven hundred horsepower. Well, uh, exactly. Text in oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We want to give you credit for that question, and you can text us in through uh, throughout the evening. But uh, we got to get to our Bendix breaks. Big moment first off. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Brakes big moment. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes. It is our Bendix Brakes big moment, and I think this is probably the biggest moment that happened at least in the past 24 hours. But uh, the second Gen 3 chassis has been revealed, the the brand new Gen 3 Mustang. Uh, now, the, I don't know if you boys have seen the pictures. You know, now that I think about it, I probably should have put a picture in the rundown. But uh, <laughs> it's been built by Pace Innovations, and they're the guys that made Car of the Future, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And uh and they also do the Mark cars too, and mm-hmm. and if super I, utes. Yes, yes. Um, now, first off, everyone's had their two bob about uh, Gen Three, but uh, I'll start off with you, Maddie, because you know you, you've also been on the not just on the driving side of the fence, but you know, like the commercial side and stuff like mm-hmm. that. If mm-hmm. you were in charge of supercars right now, mm-hmm. or at least in the brains trust that was like, right, we need to get people excited for these new cars, how would you rank out of ten how they're doing? Three. It's a bit like that, isn't it? Three, and that's being generous. I mean, I, look, I, I, it's a very difficult thing to do. It's a di- very difficult thing to roll out. However, one thing that you can always control is communication. And the communication to both teams and to the audience, their fans, their, their customers, as we always say, <laughs> has been appalling. Um, and I And I get that they're putting a lot of sizzle on the sausage when it comes to supercars events, what they're trying to do, keep everyone focused on this year and take the focus off next year, but you can't. And as a, as, as a direct comparison, look at what NASCAR are doing and how NASCAR have rolled out their next generation. They've got, they've already got the things done up. They're testing. They're already in iRacing. You know, they, they've done it brilliantly. And I think supercar could take a, should take a good hard look at themselves uh, around how they've handled this. And I think they will. And I think they'll probably admit that it could have been done better because when you've got the when you've got all of the teams sitting in a room in Sydney and you're having to try and it's, and it's a crisis meeting, like let's not, let's not mince words. It wasn't just a, a friendly get together. You don't get teams like that in a room unless there's a reason. And it was a crisis meeting because there was no confidence that Gen 3 is going to be rolled out for next year. There was no confidence going into that meeting about what it costs, no knowledge, whether they're going to be going to paddle shifts or any of that sort of stuff. So, um, no, they don't have any when they come out either. No, and <laughs> you stole my thunder there because I spoke to a couple of people after, and there was one statement out from Supercar Stevie J that said, "Okay, well, it's we're still committed to it happening next year, but and yet we still don't have any details." So. Having said that, we're now two weeks after that meeting or 10 days after that meeting, and yes, we've got a picture of a chassis. <laughs> yeah. uh, and there's a couple of uh, renders of what they will look like, particularly on Matt Stone's page. You can have a look at that. They've got, a, they've got both of their cars done up in what we 
what expect we expect Gen yeah. 3 to look like. Um, but it's been appalling, Nimsy. The, the communication has been absolutely appalling. You wouldn't have found this in AFL or NRL or cricket or any of that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a 3 out of 10, and that's a charity. So I want to ask you uh, this, uh, Steve, because you were obviously involved with Car of the Future, although you were there for the role. I mean, you're at the launch. We got the photo of it here. But uh, just quickly, we'll put a disclaimer up. Yes, I know that even though um, DJR are the, the, you know, the team looking after the Mustang, I'm pretty sure, Steve, that you're just as much in the dark as everyone else about what's going on with the new Mustang. Uh, I am. And, you know, I, you know, obviously... Got a little bit of inside knowledge there. Let's be frank. Uh, so no, just talking, be Steve. Well, I can be frank. I don't want to be Steve because then, <laughs> then it's like I'm like the intruder. Uh, but you know, it's even speaking to DJ, the the you know the what's coming out, and I don't. I think they know what they would like to try to achieve, but I think they're still waiting on direction from supercars, uh, and they cannot. It's not like the previous car, Gen 2 car, where they were able, especially with the Mustang when they developed that, they were able to go on, do their thing, show supercars, you know, what they're trying to do, renders, designs, you know, CAD drawings, all that sort of thing. Um, you know, testing, I guess, aero testing, I guess. I don't even know if they did that, but that that would be like the CFD, like the computer version of an aero test. Um they can't do that with this car. The supercars aren't letting them. They're saying, you cannot just go ahead and start building something and then get us to approve it. It's, it's got to come directly from supercars, the direction. So, um, you know, your guess is as good as mine. And when that's going to come and when they're going to be able to really get stuck into building the thing, I mean, you know, we're, we're into May already. And really, you need to have cars on the track testing by yeah. mid to early later in the year when I mean early I'm talking August you know September testing so that they're at least ready to go for the championship in in 2022 for a, an end of fair burly March start what do you reckon of cost because they they they're saying that a chassis is in expected to cost about 55 grand in kit form mm-hmm. with the whole package set to cost 350 grand you, allegedly as Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Nimsy. Allegedly. <laughs> As someone who does have some inside knowledge, do you think those are accurate numbers? Because that was the sort of spiel that we got with Car of the Future, and it wasn't anything like that. Well, I'm no road scholar or rocket scientist. As you all may know. Thanks. <laughs> you see, I stayed quiet there. I was yeah, trying to because... be nice. I stayed quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but when you put one and three together, is that, is that how you say it? One and three? Anyway, I'm only joking. When you put, you know, one and one together, you're not getting two at the other end. You know, you're talking about the expensive things of the current cars. The expensive things are the transaxles. The expensive things are the repairs because of the way that the chassis is designed and the way the body panels are hung and all that sort of stuff. You know, yes, they may save on the engines slightly, um, but that's not even locked in yet either and what's going to happen there. So you're talking about the chassis is the same. They're still using the same transaxle. Um, the engine's going to be different. How they're going to, at the moment, um, make a five-liter, or no, it's not even that. It's a 4.4-liter V8, which is the Coyote engine. Yeah. And a 6-point-gazillion-liter GM engine uh, and make the, I guess, make it 
comparable to each other and have parity, that's all going to that's all going to cost massive money to get that sorted, you know. And that doesn't come from supercars; that comes from the teams doing it. So, yeah, I can see, you know, I, I can't see personally, and this is not something that I'm not in the in the loop. I don't know exactly what's going on with it with the diving into the nuts and bolts of it, but. When I look at all what's going on and when I see things coming out and when I hear things of what's still getting used and what's not getting used uh, and how engines are going to be and all that sort of stuff, I can't see how it's going to be any cheaper than what it currently is. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm, we're um, in the timeline too. I mean, we're in yeah, May. Time, I, yeah. like so that's, that's, consist, that's consistent, Stevie J, with what I'm hearing. And you're dead, you're dead spot on, uh, Nimsy, about timing. And, and I just – hey, I, I will stand sorry, sorry to be corrected. In. Sorry to butt in, Matty. Talking about that timeline quickly, I know we've got to go. Who do you think foots the bill for the plethora of people that's going to have to be put onto the project once things are green-lighted? It's the yeah, teams. Well, and won't be who super pays Exactly. And who pays, you know, those guys and who takes, you know, who, who's got to employ more people to be able to do it? The teams. So it's, that's, you know, that's going to cost a massive amount of money. And that's what, you know, wages are probably the biggest, you know, the biggest cost of any team at the moment. Tommy. Even since you left DJR. Yep, it's even gone up. <laughs> I was paying to drive. I think the vending machine oh, bill. I'm sure you were. The vending machine bill might have gone down, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Thank God they haven't got Fuddruckers burgers anymore. <laughs> Excuse me? You heard me. Righto. Um, and now, Tom in Hobart has <laughs> summed it up perfectly on the old text line 0433 98 11 16 if you want to get involved. Everything we found out about Gen 3 has come from Fast Ellie and not from supercars directly. Great work. <laughs> so yeah. There's, there's two things to that, Tom. You're 100% right. On the first bit, you're 100% right that that's where it's come from. On the second bit, I love that you call it fast, Kelly. <laughs> well done. That's catching. I like it. <laughs> uh, you're listening to the driver's seat. Uh, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Uh, the Gen 3 second chassis reveal. That was our Bendix Brakes big moment. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. We'll take a quick break and we'll update the power rankings. We've got two lots to do, so we'll Ooh. split that up. We'll do that next, right here on The Driver's Seat. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat, Australia's number one motorsport show. Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson with you. Alongside my good self, Nimsy Zor. Great to be back in the chair. That it, sounds good, Nimsy. That sounds good, that, that first little bit. Australia's number one motorsport show. I like it. Damn right. I uh, like it. <laughs> Come on, anyone else trying to knock us off our perch. That's what I say. <laughs> um, Crickets. Uh, a side note, though, shout out to all the other great podcasts that are out there because uh, yeah. we are. You're doing pretty good for <laughs> P2 onwards. No, <laughs> 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 oh. nah, we love them all. And we do give a lot of them a lot of love on this show too, don't we? You know, like obviously Below the Bonnet with Robbo and the guys and, mm. um, you know, even noons. Balls and Bumpers, Noons. Yeah, absolutely. So, Actually, speaking of Noons, speaking mm? of Noons, did you see his latest podcast is Barry Ryan? I haven't had a chance to listen special. to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't listened to it either. I just saw it on socials today. But that'll be good because we love Barry and uh, that'll be good. Speaketh the truth does our Barry. He certainly does. I does. don't think I still have his phone number. Oh, that poor bloke I've been harassing since then. But uh, it was always it was very nice of Baz to uh, stop watching maths. Legitimately, we interrupted him yes. while he was watching maths. And I think what was DJ watching last week, Stevie J? 
Oh, Big Brother was it? Big Brother, know. yeah, that's right. He was watching Possibly. Big Brother. It's a yeah. very, it's it's quite addictive viewing. But uh, look, that's neither here nor there. Um, no, it's not. Off off our text line oh four double three a ninety eight eleven sixteen. If you want to get involved, uh, text whatever you want. Um, Peter in Munster, Peter in Munster Bay, <laughs> South Australia said, "Thought Stevie J was in Adelaide. Crazy Horse is closed due to a private function." Now I'm not, I'm not familiar with uh, Crazy <laughs> oh, yeah. Horse. What's uh, what's Crazy Horse, Steve? I've never heard of it. What is it? Uh, uh, how, how, what's the best way to describe, describe, hmm. it's where, it's where lovely young struggling uni students may, they may <laughs> have to go there to find a tuition sponsor. Possibly. Right. Right. <laughs> a cash Maybe? stimulus, if you would. A cash yes. stimulus. Right. Yes. And I believe it's and quite it, cold in Adelaide yeah, at this time of year. It is, but it's quite from warm <laughs> inside hmm. those establishments where they, you know. Take their clothes def- off. You don't want to be Stay wearing cool. jumpers. Yeah, you, yeah, don't, you don't want yeah. to overheat. And before we get into trouble, yeah, let's yeah. get I straight into the power <laughs> rankings. <laughs> this is the driver's seat power rankings. There we do the power rankings. Thanks to Fuchs Lubricants, Australian made with German technology that pays back. Now, we're going to have to dig into the memory banks a little bit because we got two sets of power rankings that uh, we'd left on the back burner. Uh, we had a condensed version of the driver's seat, mainly because Woogie can't count past one hour. I joke, of course. Thank you to uh, to the great Jason Big Matthew Jace. for uh, looking after the voice and uh, getting everything done, doing a, quite a good job. Uh, we've had some absolute ringings fill in in the past, and he's done a tremendous job, all I can say there. But let's start off with the TCR rankings from Sydney Motorsport Park. Now, before SMP, I know we have to dial our minds back a fair bit, but uh, the rankings, we, and we just started this too, because I think we're the only people that do uh, that grade and actually give a fair bit of airtime to the TCR Australia series. And we absolutely love it because the more categories, the better for drivers, the better for fans. And I just don't see how you lose. But I think that, sorry. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think it's, um, it's something that, well, it was a late edition. We didn't, we didn't actually start it from round one. Did we Nimsy? No, no, we did it no. after Bathurst, I believe. Mm. On the suggestion of one of our avid listeners mm. sent yes. in a text, I believe, and said, boys, why don't you do a, uh, a TCR uh, ranking system. So we've done that. See, we listen. The, the, listen we to listen our... to those who listen to us. But anyway, we'll move on. Correct. So let's go through the rankings before SMP. Now, um, we had Aaron Cameron sitting on top of the tree with five votes. Chazzy Mozzie, four votes in P2, and three votes to Jordan Cox um, in P3 there. But uh, just some quick results coming from um, Sydney Motorsport Park, just in case those can't remember it. Uh, pole position uh, in qualifying was Dylan O'Keefe in his Renault for GRM. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's a progressive grid sort of thing, isn't it? Because the the next, they don't have qualifying for each races. That's why there's only one pole position, if I'm correct. Correct. Yep. Exactly, yeah. So where you finish race, you start race one where you qualify, mm-hmm. then you start race two where you finish race one, et cetera, et cetera. And so forth and so forth. So race one results. Uh, P1 was Josh Bucken in the Hyundai. That's Will Brown's old car, isn't it? Uh, yes. Uh, no, is oh, it? Yeah, it is. Yep, absolutely. Yep, same team. Uh, same team, but t- I thought it was is... a newer car. I think he's still using Will's old car. This is the championship winning car, but I'll, I'll tell you. I'll okay. Google. I'll have to I thought Brad. I thought Brad Shields might have had that, but I could be wrong. I I'll, stand to be corrected. I'll Google it because uh, I have been wrong in the past. Um, <laughs> P2 was James Moffat, also in a Renault. Um, P3, Chaz Mozzie for race one. Race two results, P1, Josh Bucken again. P2, yep. Chaz Mozzie. P3, Michael Caruso. Uh, race three results, Michael Caruso in the Alpha. And I don't know if you see the in-car of him celebrating afterwards, but... 
Man, oh man, can that he was, he was a little excited, wasn't he? He was very, very <laughs> excited. Uh, P2, Josh Buchan, and P3, Dylan O'Keefe. In the points, uh, the top three is Chaz Mozzie leading by 452 points. Luke King, uh, his teammate from um, mm. MPC, 346 points. And Josh Buchan jumping up with those two wins into P3. So let's start off with you, Matty. Uh, how do, you, do you want to go three, two, one, one, two, three? Yeah, I'll go with three, two, one, just quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh Buckin, how can you go past it? Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was unbelievable, two out of three. Um, and he's such a humble guy. He's such a lovely guy. Yep. Was probably not really expecting to be in TCR. Picked up that drive after Will Brown went across to uh, Erebus in the Supercar Championship. So good on Josh Buckin uh, for taking that those uh, those victories. His first victory in TCR, which was fantastic. Um, I don't know if you can go past Chaz. I've got to give Chazzy too because he's when he's not belting them, when he's not winning, like he was sixth in race three, he was second in race two, and he was third in race one. So he's he's always there. Like he's just super reliable. And the A's were you, pretty pretty poor at uh, SMP as well. Th- yeah, they were. Luke King, who was second in the championship, as you mentioned, Nimsy, he was. They, they were absolutely nowhere on the weekend. So, but you got to give Dylan O'Keefe one for for getting pole. And then, unfortunately, they uh, they actually worked on his car on the grid, and he got a drive-through penalty. <laughs> had, to, had to start from pit lane. Can't do that, boys. Yep, yep. Uh, Stevie, we'll go with you. Three, two, one. Okay, so I'm going to give three to the one and only Josh Buckin as well. That was a one-one-two for the weekend. Was absolutely super. Um, mm. I think that uh, you know he's definitely you know I've, we've known him for a long time, Matty. You and I've done a lot of driver training with him, and see, I've never I'd never heard of him. Yeah, we've we and just one of those young kids that's just really pushed to try to get anything. He's been racing old, very old Formula Fords, and then testing for doing some some I guess development work for for some Formula Ford teams. Then got a gig just to have a race and went well, and just chipped away at it like that. But um, uh, now you know got the drive for uh, in the Hyundai team, which I think is fantastic. So I'm just waiting for a text back actually because I want to know if his car. Is um, actually here it is. I've got the text. I, I wrote Ace. Is your which is Josh obviously <laughs> yep. Ace. Is your TCR car Will Brown's championship winning car? He goes, yeah, brother. Most miles of any TCR car going around too. I'd say. <laughs> oh, well, there <laughs> yes, you go. Sir. There you go. So uh, he is in the championship winning car from last year, which is very cool. Uh, my two points goes to Robbo Michael Caruso for that win. Yeah, Robbo. He had a pretty good. I mean, he's had a shocking year with DNFs and issues and. You Just know, even getting the car off the grid. Getting the car off the line, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's because Dave Reynolds keeps talking to him. That's why he's the bad luck charm there. Uh, but he had a 136 for the weekend in his alpha. So, uh, you know, good effort there. Um, and I'm going to actually give one point to the Moff, James Moffat, in that Renault. He has persevered and persevered with that car for a couple of years now. And it's been, uh, or more than that, actually. I think it was 2019 when they debuted it. Um, so it was a horrible, horrible car at the start. It was off the pace. It was slow. It had issues and he just hasn't given up. Um, he was up the front all weekend. He had a first podium. So a P2 and, in, uh, I think it was the third race. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a fourth and a fifth and he must've been very, very close to being in the top three for the weekend in points. So, uh, my one point goes to Moff for, um, just that perseverance and, and getting those, um, getting those results finally. On the top. Speaking of Moffat. <laughs> So on the topic, speaking of Moffat, as what you were going to say, Nimsy, weren't you? I was actually. Uh, <laughs> sorry, mate. Uh, did you see the cover of Auto Action this week? No. 
Moffat coming, no. Moffat coming to Trans Am in a red Mustang, in a red Mustang with uh, his old man's livery, Alan's red livery on it. There you go. Yep. Sponsor so we're going to have a Seton. Oh, yes, I do see that. Look at that. Yes, we're going to have a Seton, a Moffat, a Morris, a Grice in uh, TA2. Trans Am. Cool. How cool, huh? And hopefully soon to be a Johnson. Yeah, maybe. Maybe little Jetty will get there. That livery yeah. looks very, very good. It looks yeah. sexy, doesn't it? Mm. Although I'd like to know where they come up with headlights. When you see that, if you go on socials, you have a look at Auto Action, they've got a photo of the car there, and um, it's got headlights, as in driving lights in the front grill. Through the grill, yeah. Yeah, right. so that must be a new sticker we might need to order, Stevie J, because <laughs> there ain't no lights on there. There you go. Um, one more from Tom in Hobart shares uh, my sentiments. Who the fucking hell is Josh? Lol. Oi. <laughs> All you got to do is Google him and you'll see. He's, yeah, he's a great guy, Tommy. He's a ripper. He's a great kid. All right, that wraps up the TCR segment of the Power Rankings. Uh, a good little selection there. And this is why we like having other categories because now we know who Josh Bucken is and we, yeah, we will and sort of King. Follow, and we'll follow these journeys and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was the TCR edition of the driver's seat power rankings. Now the supercars rankings heading into Tail and Bend. Shane Van Gisbergen clear as daylight on top of the mountain with uh, twelve votes, six votes to Chaz Mostert and Zane Goddard, both sharing mm-hmm. P two. Brody Kostecki mm-hmm. on four votes in P three, three votes to Tim Slade, two votes to Will Davison. And Mark Winterbottom, and one vote to Jamie Wincup um, in the points champion in the championship points for the Repco Supercars Championship. After can I say championship anymore? Jeez, at least um, <laughs> the points after Tail and Bend SVG still sits on top uh, with one thousand one hundred twelve points. The deficit between him and P two, which is his teammate Jamie, one hundred ninety points. Chaz Mostert in P three with two hundred forty six points deficit. Will Davison jumping up. Yeah. And uh, some reason yeah. I've put Chaz Mostert for the Monster Energy Racing Team. It's meant to be Cam Waters in P5. But uh, we'll start off with you, Matty. Uh, what did you think of Tail and Bend? Your 3 two, one please. Okay. So you would think that after the efforts of Andre Hairdryer and <laughs> Anton De Pasquale, that they would be shoe-ins for three points. However, I'm going to give three to Will Davo. I just think he's consistent. He's just building beautifully. He's not listening to the hype around his teammate. He's focused. I mean, in race 11, he picked up third. In race two, he picked up second. Um, uh, so I just and, – and I think he was eighth in, the, in, uh, in race nine. So I just think he's building a nice little championship together. So I'm going to give him three. I'm going to give two points to Anton de Pasquale. Mm-hmm. He won his first race, of course, in uh, – in the colours of Shell V Power Racing. So that was very good and just had good consistent results throughout the rest of it. Had he not had that uh, failure, I think he would have been red hot. So he had two podiums for the weekend, so he gets two. And then Andre gets one for winning his first race. So well done, Andre. So yeah. three, two, one. Will Davo, Antoine and Andre. What about you, All Stevie right. J? Uh, I'm going to reverse the top two from Maddie. I'm going to have three points to Anton, um, mainly because... He he had you know he was solid all weekend. Take away that DNF, um, two poles. I can't remember where he qualified for the first race in the wet, but he was sort of there or thereabouts. He finished third. He finished. He won his race, and he was leading the third race, and arguably would have 
romped away and uh, and won that one too, possibly. You know, I know that things can happen, but that's the way it, it looked. Um, so he had that well and truly under control with three or four second lead to P2 at the time. Um, so I'm going to give three points to him. I'm going to give two points to Will Davo. He obviously had an 8-2-3 weekend, which was solid. But what impressed me the most is we all saw on the telecast he qualified on the Sunday. Anton qualified on pole for both races. Will qualified second for race one. And I think, was he third? I think he was third or fourth for race two, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it was a front row, wasn't it? It was a front row yeah. for race the, the first race on Sunday. But for the second race on Sunday, I think Will was either third or fourth. Because I think Cam was yeah, second, and Jamie possibly. was yeah Jamie was uh, on the front row with um with Anton yeah, in, in yeah. the final one yep um and we saw I don't know if, if you guys were watching at the time but Will Davo had a, a gearbox issue they were coming in and they were they were actually trying to um, look at the the gear lever handle and stuff um, so what actually happened we didn't know right then at the time until qualifying and finished we thought oh okay yeah Will's fourth or third whatever it is um, yeah not bad. But um, the gear lever actually wouldn't return back to its neutral position. So you'd pull yeah. it down to go up a gear um, and it wouldn't return back to the center. So Will basically had to drive that whole lap, pulling the gear lever and then returning it back to the center and holding it there so he could get the next gear. So um, I just thought that was a, a remarkable qualifying effort to be able to do what he did with that issue. Um, and even going down gears, pushing it forward under brakes, going down gears, he had to push it forward. And then normally they sprung load and they spring back. But um, even though you see the hand on it the whole time, but they push it forward and you sort of let the pressure off and it springs back. Um, he had to physically push it forward, pull it back, push it forward, pull it back, and, and vice versa. So I just think with that issue and and the the talent of the field right now, to be able to qualify there in those minuscule tenths of seconds where two tenths can cost you eight spots. I think that was a super effort, so that's why I've given him two. And I'm actually giving SVG one point. He had a 7-3-2 weekend. He had a car at practice and the first race that looked terrible. He started way back. He came out of the weekend with the most amount of points out of everybody and extended his championship lead. So that's something that, you know, champions do. And I think that he did a great job, you know, on those weekends where you're not doing well. They always tell you to do just get as much as you can with what you got. And I think he maximized, if not more, uh, than what his equipment really showed at that time until they got on top of it at the end of the weekend. Especially to walk away with, like, still that huge gap. I mean, yeah, you know, it could have been a lot to just think about it. Like, and, you know, there's a whole bunch of ifs and buts and whatnot. But imagine if Chaz and, um, and Cam didn't tangle together. Like, and there was actually a good, mm. if they both didn't have two DNFs in race two, like yep. it would be completely different. But then at the same time, you know, it's, that's pretty much what makes up motorsport. I mean, isn't it? Yeah. It's just one of those things. I think that, um, you know, we all, there's, there's a lot of woulda, shoulda, couldas and, uh, oh, I wonder what that would have happened if, but you know, that sort of stuff happens, you know, it would still be not open. convinced on the circuit too, boys. No, with the racing no. side of things or no, no. Yeah, it's no, one of those I, ones where you gotta you either love it or you don't. It, it's yeah. you know it was you know it was really great to see um, see Nick Percat come through from the back. That was a super strategy in race one after having four BJR cars in the last yeah. four positions of the uh, uh, of the grid, which is unheard of. <laughs> that would have been a unheard great debrief, of. wouldn't it? Oh, imagine that! <laughs> oh, imagine that. There'd be spanners getting thrown, <laughs> and, absolutely and, everywhere. And Brad, you know. 
Brad's not one for firing up much. So, sure. uh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that would have been very, very interesting to see, see uh, until, a follow on the wall there. Until the day comes, Stevie J, where I can say, yeah, I'd rather see – not that it's happening this year and, and hopefully it'll come back in the future, but Sandown 500, Sandown lost the 500 and they were going to Taylor Bend before COVID struck and they haven't had it. Mm. Until I can say, yeah, I'd rather see it at the Bend than Sandown, I'm still not convinced on the Bend. Yeah, a great think, place to drive, a great place to race if you're behind the wheel as a punter. Yeah, I don't know. That, don't know, uh, don't know, don't know. The GT race was pretty cool, but do you reckon it's just not made for a supercar? Look, it well, is made for GT The GT, GT race cars. has got – yeah, and it is made for GT cars, and it is, is totally different rules with regard to different pit stop times and all sorts of stuff. So it is going to spice it up a little bit. Yep. But, yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Good. Like, yeah, like your uh, pad tie, little spicy. <laughs> yeah. Tie. Exactly. <laughs> but having said that, what what I thought was funny is there's rumours down here that uh, in South Australia that the the government's trying to sell off quickly all of the equipment from uh, the Adelaide 500 race yes. with regard to infrastructure. Get rid of yes. it quickly so that if the next government comes in, they can't reinstate the race. Funnily enough. There's been a few bits that have been purchased uh, from the owners of the Bend and are now at the Bend. So maybe they're trying to buy the stuff up so that the stuff can't go back to the Adelaide 500. You know, I've always said the Bend needed more walkways to get from one patch of dirt to the next. Um, <laughs> have you always said that, Nims? <laughs> I have, you know, and I'm glad. Yes, I reckon, I reckon I've heard you say that at least a dozen glad times. glad someone's finally listened to yes. because I want to get from <laughs> one part of the track. Uh, I want to get from the Hungry Jacks. The dirt bit in the middle without and over the track the, if possible. The dirt bit. <laughs> you sell it so well. I want to go from my hungry tracks to the dirt mound on the inside. Oh, yay. Let's go uh, there on a cold winter's day. That'll be great fun. Um, that was the driver's seat power rankings. As always, thanks to Fuchs Lubricants, Australian made with German technology that pays back. We'll take a quick pause for the cause. Back with more. If you want to, uh, oh, we'll get, we'll, get we'll get to some of your texts in just a moment. 0433981116. This is the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. This is the driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Before we get to our race rewind, let's quickly get to the text line 0433. 98 11 16 is the number if you want to get in touch like Harrison has. Uh, the Bend had a new general admission area on the inside of the track, which was great viewing. However, the new bridge from the Adelaide 500 was useless as there's already an underpass under the track past pit lane and the bridge went to nowhere. Cheers, Harrison. I, t I knew it. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you for texting To the dirt. It went to the dirt. <laughs> exactly my point. Why, why buy all that stuff if, uh, yeah, anyway. There's obviously ulterior motives. Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. And hopefully we'll see the, uh, the street circuit back uh, one day. I don't really like my chances. But anyway, let's get to our race rewind. This is the driver's seat race rewind. We do it thanks to Gates Australia. Don't compromise. Choose Gates premium belts, hose and hydraulics. Now, I don't know if you guys saw any photos or any stories on Fast Deli about um, what happened at the old test day. But did you see Rico, Rick Kelly, 
he came out of his mm. cave, uh, the man cave that is, <laughs> and um, get jumped back into a supercar. He's in Dave's and in Andre's as well. So- Strapped his magnificent hair into another helmet again. <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting. And then, of course, that begged on the Supercars Facebook Live with Chad Nalon, begged the question, will we see him back in a supercar at the Bathurst 1000? And he was fairly, uh, he had a fairly emphatic answer of, nah, mate. <laughs> nah, mate. Nah, mate. <laughs> nah, mate. I'm done. I'm done. Sorry, we were going to talk about well, Rick I, I was just going to say, I'll tell say, you what yeah. it does do, though, boys. On a serious note, there was a lot of rumour <laughs> going around that he'd fallen out with his brother, uh, Todd, and to have him back in the garage, I think, puts pay to all of that silliness and I, scuttlebutt and innuendo. I just want to know, like, who in all honesty thought, like, the, the guy's been racing for how long? Like, mm. tw- like more 12, than 20, 20, like 20 years. yeah, 20 years professionally, like in supercars, yep. he steps away for a bit and he's still like active on socials and stuff like that. It's not like, oh, geez, he must have had, like, I don't get the rumor mill, but anyway, that's neither that's here nor That's just how it works, Nimsy. Mm. You know, it's just, oh, you know, we haven't seen Rick and Todd talking together, you know, or Todd or Rick in the garage. Todd's always no. one doing the interviews. So, oh, they mm. must have had a blow up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, whatever, mate. Sounds pretty silly there, but uh, we thought we'd look back at uh, Winton in 2018 for Rick Kelly's final win, and that was his first race win in almost seven years for Nissan Motorsport. Four days after Nissan pulled out of supercars, do you remember that week? Uh, I think it was the Tuesday that yep. Nissan pulled out, and then on the Saturday, <laughs> and they won it. <laughs> <laughs> when they won. Yeah, but that's like football. Isn't it? Like you know, you suck yeah, your you coach, the coach the week yes. before, and then they come out and. Have a club record win the next weekend. <laughs> yeah. So it is yeah. pretty much what happened. Now, this was an interesting one, too, because uh, Scotty Mack was gunning for his fifth straight win in 2018. Thought he had to get the race in the hand. And then, oh, mate, Timmy Blanchard. He uh, went to the sand trap at turn four. No. Blanchard in the sand? <laughs> Stop. Timmy. That didn't happen in his career, did it? Uncharacteristic. He just, he, he just wanted to be a little nipper. <laughs> Characteristic there in the sand, <laughs> but um, but, but uh, Rick Kelly was the first to pounce. Scotty Pye, Shane Van Gisbergen, and Fabian Coulthard all muscle past uh, Scotty Mack. Yeah, by memory, that was a uh, he he his strategy was way different to everybody else's, and he pitted way earlier, mm-hmm. and they all come out on newer tyres. But he, I think that was one of the ones in Nimsy where he had a decent gap, and they were chasing him down, and it was going to be touch and go with they caught him by the end. But then the safety couple paid to all that. Yeah, and it really did. It was a very unexpected win too because, like I said, this was Rick's first win since uh, 2011. It was also Nissan's first win since Michael Caruso won at Darwin in 2016. He seemed to love that mm-hmm. joint. And uh, it also had... down changes. <laughs> We've got the fastest hands in supercars. <laughs> if you don't believe us, jump onto the driver's seat app or our Facebook page and the video that we've got of Michael Caruso. He's, we've got a little snippet of him... Absolutely destroying a, uh, a, a the old a gear lever. The gear lever, yeah. Pretty but... much like I destroy a subway footlong. <laughs> 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 a lot of downshifting oh. going on there, I can tell you that. There is. But um, yeah, the podium ended up being Scotty Pye and P2 and SVG rounding it off. Uh, what, did, what did you remember that day in Winton? Because, like, it was just so str- it was it was one of those feel good moments because Nissan were leaving the sport, but at the same time, it was just like, ah, they're leaving the sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, I, and that's always going to be the case, isn't it? Like the, they're leaving the they leave they left the sport. Really, I, I'm sure there was a bunch of reasons, but one of them was a lack of success. They just couldn't make that car become a consistent front runner, and then all of a sudden, 
whack. It just comes out for a win. So, I don't know, it's a hard one. It's a really hard one. That's a track that, like Darwin, Stevie J, Winton's a track where you can actually get a result out of nowhere. We've seen cars do that before. Where... Hey, speaking about that, there was there was some footage that I was watching only yesterday, and it was Cameron McConville's first win at Winton. And GRM car? GRM car, absolutely. Rick Kelly was in the, uh, not the Holden Young Lions team, what was it then? It was the, the Kmart. The, no, the Kmart oh, team up team. And it was uh, Rick was leading, Cam was second, and it came down to the last uh, last lap. And you know, Cam was right on his bumper, but he didn't really think he was going to get past. Um, mm. There'd been a car parked in the little short straight from turn 10 to 11, which is towards the second last corner, um, for a few laps. And there was a yellow flag. And anyway, it was Brad Jones who'd run out of fuel because it was a – the race was very, very tight with petrol. Um, and But what Rick didn't realise is that the the flag marshal point just after where Brad's car was and where, where the yellow flag was went green for the last lap. So uh, Cam McConville has done the almighty last late-minute dive straight down the inside, won the race. Rick's blowing up Deluxe on the radio, blowing up in the interview afterwards, saying he passed me under yellow. He should That's be right. disqualified. And uh, and then when they went back through it, Colin Bond was the driving standards advisor back then, and he had a look at it and said, no, nah, he's pulled out just in time, right on the green flag, and caught you napping. Too bad, so sad. So you, what you're saying is uh, Rick was a little bit... Why, why, why me? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> exactly Absolutely. what he was. Hey, but how's that, Nimsy? Just quietly, you're back. With that story, Stevie J, it's a double banger mm. of the race rewind. Re- I can't say it. Look at that. Race, race rewind. rewind. Thanks to Gates. Double banger this week. Double yeah. yoker. Happy, happy days. Well, sorry to spring that on you, fellas. But, yeah, I was just – I. it was just – Good memories. Was, yeah, just sort of jogged my memory from um, from – looking at the uh, the old socials two days ago, and I'm um, like, wow, that was very cool. So when you had this Winton final win from Rick, uh, I was like, yeah, I might just bring that one up as well. Looking at some of the race winners at Winton, it almost seems like this track is in a in like some form of parallel universe, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> I know, different world. Yeah. Different it, times. It does, it does bring up some pretty strange results, doesn't it, Matty? <laughs> it does. It really does. Hey, speaking of strange... Uh, Nimsy, we had a quick text. Does the Shahin family also operate Malalar? Uh, let's get it up to date safety wise and get going. Yeah, in answer to your question, yes. That'd the be Shahins super. do own Malala la 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 la. And they need, do need to update it. The heavy hitters <laughs> are coming out buying tracks, aren't they? Because uh, I believe yeah. that Tony Quinn might yeah. be very close to purchasing Queensland Raceway and Lakeside. So Which would be, be good because well. finally we might be able to get some this has been Motorsport like, Australia racing back been, that's at been, QR. That's been at the, in the works for a while though, hasn't it? It has, but yeah, I think it's, a big deal. It, it's taken a big step forward. And I think it's not far away. Are you trying to say that someone might not want to give up the keys to uh, said mm, QR? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, why would you, Nimsy? Why would you want to give up to the keys to the place where you can just land your helicopter in front of everyone and then claim to be poor every week? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Why would you want to so give up that opportunity? I know. It just yeah. makes no – when you put it that way, it just, it's just oh, stupid, isn't God. it? Yeah, um, let Tony buy it. I mean, Tony's a nutcase, but it would be fantastic for him to buy it because he's got a good record with rebranding trucks and getting them up to speed. Mm. Mm. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, we've still got to get to some MotoGP, some big results there. But uh, yeah. you're listening to The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. 
For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Remember, you can rev up your smartphone with The Driver's Seat app. It's available in the App Store. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Driver's Seat Show. Uh, it's the all-new Driver's Seat app. Podcasts, interviews, news and videos, it is a must for all motorsport fans. Something that is also, um, that should be given a lot more attention than it has been. Jack Miller did bloody well, went back to back uh, and got absolutely zero coverage from the uh, from the press. But you got to hand it to the bloke, don't you? The yeah, thriller. Mm. Miller the thriller. He put in a, uh, a cracking effort at Le Mans. Over the weekend. now of Ducati wanting to extend his... Uh, his contract, which is great for him Brilliant. because he had a really tough start to the year, mate, didn't he? He did. He came off the bike a couple of times and, and um, was under a lot of pressure from his teammate, Banyaya. But uh, he's done really well. And that's that's the mark of a true champion, isn't it? When, you have to, when you're under the pump and you've got to come back through the pressure. So he's done that. Didn't have a great qualifying. Looked like he was going to be pretty fast on the front four, but didn't quite make it. Um, that was taken out by Quattahara, uh, who is just unbelievable. But I think he was on the front row, though, wasn't he? Um, was he fourth or sixth? Row. Was he fourth or sixth? He uh, might I have can't been fourth. Remember. Anyway, it was, was a great row. race. And and MotoGP, we don't cover it a lot on this show, but I must say MotoGP is one of the best one of the best motorsports going around. It's never a bad race. No one, no one ever runs off into the distance. They always come back to each other. And uh, yeah, it was a cracker. So well done to. The thriller, and it was good to see that in his interviews as well. Stevie J didn't sound Italian because normally he does. Yeah. He's trying he, to. He does. I, I don't know why. I, I, well, he's obviously riding an Italian bike, so he's trying to fit in, I guess. But you know, to have you know those sort of conditions, and you know, if you want an, ex, I mean, they're they're exciting anyway. But you want an exciting mm. race in MotoGP, just make it rain a little bit into the race and come <laughs> and watch some water. Watch some <laughs> yeah. add water and and watch them. You know. Not that you want to see them fall down, absolutely not. But I love watching them come in. And Mark Marquez, I mean, he he was in the box seat to win that race, but he fell off, obviously. Um, and the way he comes in and the way he can change bikes is incredible. He doesn't even touch the ground. He pulls up next to a bike, his, his I guess, spare bike, you would call it, with wet tyres on it. And, you know, it's like a, you know, different to a car where you come in to change the tyres and all that sort of stuff. Whereas a bike, they come in and change bikes. And he literally leapfrogs off his bike and hops onto the next bike and away he goes. And yeah. it's, they're just so much faster changing than than everybody else because everybody else puts their foot on the ground, gets off the bike, gets on the next bike and goes. You might not think that's going to take much time, but, you know, he was clearly in the lead by miles and obviously had that off. But, um, you know, Miller even had an off coming into the pits. Uh, 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 last year's champion, Rins. He, uh, not Rins, sorry. Um uh, who was it? Who was it, Nimsy? Uh, 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 Johan Mir, was it? Yeah. Oh, actually, Rin, no, sorry, it was Rins. He didn't win the championship. Mir did last year. Uh, came off coming out of the pits from his pit stop. So there was crashes galore, and uh, and Miller just absolutely came through and um, and took the P1. It was yeah. good. It was good. Rossi struggled again, didn't he? He's oh, nowhere actually, these days. Actually, he's on the way down. About, he, he is struggling. I, I do feel sorry for him. I think he's gone too long, and he's, you know, I think that legacy now is just going to be a bit tarnished by, um, by, you know, his results at the moment, and even obviously getting smoked by his, uh, by his teammate. But we've actually got some. We're going to cut to some um, a quick interview with Rossi after finishing eleventh on the weekend, and just see what he's got to say.
the bike was uh, good, uh, not good as uh, last year. Uh, uh, then the rain came and uh, uh, I should retire. <laughs> All right. Well, two, thanks, thanks two, Valentino. Two, two things. Two things. <laughs> oh, no. I was like an Italian from Coburg then, wasn't I? <laughs> no, no. The first thing the first thing I did, I've looked at the sheet. I'm like, what, what did I put on the sheet? <laughs> then, I looked at, then I looked at my buttons and I'm like, I don't have any audio. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what a great interview. There you go. Uh, so if you've ever wondered what a drive-by sounds like for a producer, you've just heard it here on the driver's seat today. <laughs> You're listening to the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. See, with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Now, we've been going around the world. We've been talking about IndyCar, talking about, well, we haven't been talking about IndyCar. We've been talking about MotoGP. But mm-hmm. uh, there is a lot happening in the IndyCar space because Indy 500. So yes. good. You know I'm a fan, boys. You know I'm a fan of Indy. It's been a ripper start to the season. Uh, and it's it's the biggest week, Steve. It's their Bathurst, really, isn't it, for, it is. for IndyCar? I think they call it the greatest spectacle in motorsport is the Indy 500. They love doing that, the Americans. If you win a, if you win a basketball series over there, you're a world champion yeah, in America. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, yeah. it's huge. You're like... They've got the Baseball World Series where uh, yeah, yeah. they're the yeah, only World champions there. Yeah, yeah. They're the only. But anyway, look, I digress. It's sensational. Uh, Scotty's had his first run today in practice um, after he was taking everyone through. If you jump on his socials, he was taking everyone through his bus, his sort of coach there, Stevie J, which is mm. just unbelievable. Um, but he had his first few runs today. Not bad. Will Powery's teammate topped the two practice sessions. I think I think I only saw one result from Scotty Mack. I think he was about 15th or 16th. He but, did well uh, in, in the first pracky. He, got, he came third. He was third did in he? the first right. pracky. There you go. I think there, I think there was a bit of um, uh, the second practice, I think, was a bit disrupted with stoppages for rain and right. traffic and things from what I could read. Right. There you go. So, look, he's doing well. And, I, you know, it's his first time there. So you can't put any pressure on the young fella, but he is having a ball over there. So if you're not aware of it, Stevie J, it's kind of a weird setup, the old Indy 500, because we do practice this week, essentially, qualifying. I think they do qualifying this weekend, and then they, they, get, they needle down the qualifying next week, and then they do the Indy 500 next weekend. Well, that's the yeah. part that confused me, because I was like, imagine going to Bathurst, like the week before... Um, Bathurst and then doing all your qualifying and just practice and all that and then coming back next week. It just seems strange, but... Stretch it out, mate. That's what they do. Well, this is true, but uh, just before we uh, wrap up on IndyCar, have a look at Scotty Mack's stats for just a very brief career in IndyCar at the moment. Look at those numbers. Like uh, Insane. It's mental. Yeah, he's mental. So, of the races that he's done... St. Petersburg in 2020 was a DNF, and that was his first one. Just came out, it just came out after the the Bathurst 1000. But kicked off in Birmingham, uh, in Alabama, 14th. Then did St. Petersburg, 11th. Texas race one, P2. Texas race two, P8. Indianapolis Grand Prix, P8. So he's been in the top 10 three out of the five runs as a rookie that he's had this year. I mean, just sensational from the young fella, and I think. Genuinely, Steve, we, we've talked about it a little bit here. I think genuinely 
he is uh, he is a chance to make a really good go of this. And in fact, if you listen to Beyond the Grid podcast with Tom Clarkson, where he interviewed Romain Grosjean uh, last week, when asked who is the driver that is impressing and surprising him the most, Romain Grosjean said Scotty McLaughlin. Mm. Yeah, and, and because of obviously his you know history in cars, he's never raced. I don't know if he even raced Formula Ford. I can't remember, but he obviously raced go-karts, but I don't think he's raced. Any open-wheeler, yeah. In a, any any no. open-wheeler. So Nothing with aero, you know, anyway. Nothing well, with wings. Look at him. He hasn't gone, he hasn't gone to, you know, you've got um, kids over there doing, you know, I think it's Skip Barber 2000 or whatever it yep. is. I can't remember. Indie Lights. Indie Lights, you know, all that yep. sort of thing. No, yep. straight into the main game, you know, like that's, that's yep. impressive and doing what he's doing. It's just phenomenal. It is crazy. And especially when you look at the pedigree of his teammates, I mean, we've, we're, we're you know, it's an, we're <laughs> spanking being, Jimmy. We're being an old record here, but um, yeah. uh, an interesting one though, the numbers, like the TV numbers, I would have thought they'd be a lot bigger for uh, people watching IndyCar because I'm seeing a lot of people talking about it, taking more interest, but uh, I guess the time difference is a lot different to, you know the stuff in Europe, like the F ones, and um, yeah, because most it's better. The, most, but most of the stuff actually happens. You know, when most people are at work, like nine to five, I guess. Well, I, I, the, the week um, that we just had at the Indianapolis Grand Prix was on Saturday night, <laughs> so we're able to wake up Sunday morning, lie in bed, and watch it. The replay, it was sensational. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Doing stupid clock hours, though, you've got a lot of practice to to watch when you start at two a.m. But oh yes, you do. <laughs> so, hey, did you see Simona Di Silvestro in there too? She's yes. making a comeback for the five hundred. So good on you, Simona, former supercars driver for Nissan. Mm-hmm. Good to see her going around as well. We'll be we'll be cheering on her. She's an adopted Aussie, so we'll we'll cheer for her as well. We have we've got well, not that Scotty's an Aussie. He's a New Zealander. We've we'll got, cheer for them anyway. We've got quite a Nissan flavor here. Uh, we've been talking about yes. Robbo has been getting points in the power rankings. Rick Kelly. Haven't, haven't mentioned your beige Pintara, though. It was red. Uh, oh, it was just, red. Just red FYI. Pintara. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is the driver's seat. We'll wrap it all up with the podium in just a moment. 0433981116. As we get to the wee hours of the night, we can see the ghouls are coming out on the text line. Dean, uh, <laughs> we'll get to your text after this break. Great question. 0433981116. The podium up next. This is The Driver's Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Great to have your company here on The Driver's Seat as we quickly wrap up. Let's get to the podium. Now on The Driver's Seat. The podium. Now, we haven't done this in a while, boys. Uh, So I thought I'd make it a quick and dirty one here. Uh, Three talking points. And we're literally going to be talking podiums. Okay, so yep, right, eh? uh, we'll, we'll start off with uh, this one. P1, first podium, who gets it? Blanchard Racing Team or Team Sydney? Blanchard. Blanchard. Well, that, that didn't take as long as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to think about that one. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, what does Team Sydney need to do? Because they've actually got, and this is no disrespect to Chris Pither or Alex Davison, both good friends of the show, both have been on the show multiple times, but now that Team Sydney actually does have, you know, a proven race winner, someone that's been, you know, at the top end of town, as um, as Mark Scape would say, and they've done absolutely nothing since then, like, what do they need to do? Stevie J, you come from a, a foundation team, family team, so I'm going to let you answer that one. 
or I'm going to suggest you answer that one. Well, it's pretty simple, really. They need to they need to spend more money, and they need to get some more good personnel. There you go. So it's that's it, really. It's not. I mean, yes, it's rocket science, but no, it's not. You know, like you've you've just you know you can't run a successful race team in a long duration, I should say. Like, you know, yes, DJR had its fair share of um, ups and downs in 2016 when the financial burden was there. And, you know, then obviously we had to get some drivers in to come and bring some money. I stepped out. Then halfway through the season, it wasn't working out. Chaz jumped in, won a race. You know, that, that sort of stuff might happen once or twice here and there, but... You know, if you want to be a consistent front runner, consistently winning races, it's literally money and personnel, and do not let your foot off that development throat. Mm. Uh, well said there, Stevie, and I'm pretty sure let's get a second opinion on that. There's no cash here. Here, there's no cash, all right? <laughs> cash, no. Robo? No cash. Michael Caruso always gets involved, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> and yet, ironically, there is a ton of cash at the Hacienda web. Um, let's get to the next spot on the podium. Who's going to get the first win for McLaren? Lando Norris or Ooh. Daniel Ricciardo? Now, Lando's already checked off a podium. And Lando. you look at this. Lando, simple as that. Lando. I like both of them. So I'm going to go on a limb here and go the new guy, Dan Rick. Um and it could even be as soon as, is it this weekend at Monaco? Yep. It could even be as soon as this weekend, depending on how good that McLaren is, because he is, He's got good you'll form remember, he used to smoke Max Verstappen at Monaco in the same car. Yep. Yep. Um, and I just think that sometimes when he, he may not be totally at one with the car yet and totally comfortable to be able to push like he did in that Red Bull back those years ago, but... Yep. When he is comfortable and when he is, you know, feeling energized and excited about what's underneath him, he is one of the best around there. So I'm hoping that we're going to see Dan at his absolute best uh, on the weekend at Monaco, and it could even happen then. You want to put a 50 on it? Not for this weekend, but I reckon Lando's going to win it. He's just had a contract extension announced today. Yep. Full of confidence. They're putting their faith into him. Danny's still coming up to speed, I reckon. Yeah, Lando. we'll put a 50 on it. We'll put, put a 50, 50 on it. On it. Mm, Jesus, yeah, why not? Why not? A little pineapple. Are you in, are you in for a bit of that action, Nimsy? I'll pass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, last but not least on the podium, will Brad Jones Racing get a podium this year? I mean, despite being a four-card team, it's not it's not disrespectful or much of a stretch to say that it's basically Nick Perkat that's the spearhead. Yep. Tidy could. Tidy Hazelwood could. He's been pretty inconsistent, though. He has been inconsistent, I must admit. But, um, you know, he... Oh, jeez, we saw him put it on pole at Townsville last year, too. So Yeah, we did. Um, you never know. And he but, actually um, led that race for a fair bit as well, too. He did. He did. So, I think, um, yeah, it's one of those... Oh, I don't think so. I know I'm being negative here, and I don't I like... Brad, but we're just being realistic here. Yeah, like... I don't think so. And with the quality of what's going on, there would have to be a hell of a lot of drama or yeah. something very, very random. You know, they nearly got one last weekend at Tail and Bend. But uh, I think, you know, I think unless something – if it's a dead set, just stand up, sunny race, you know, with no massive accidents and, and half, of, half the field 
in the pits. <laughs> I, unless that happens, I don't think they're going to be I, on the podium. Can I tell you, boys, though, I'd like to see them get a win. Because I would I like to see them get a win. As you just said, Stevie J, if Even they do get a win, the race must have been absolutely sensational. Yes. There'd be, yeah. mar- there'd be, it'd be a high drama race for them to get a podium, let alone a win. So yeah, bring it exactly. on. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and just talking about, Steve, you just touched on, you know, something extraordinary has to happen. Now, the last time there was a BJR front row, it was at the AGP when Scotty McLaughlin and Cam Waters tangled on the outlap. So something yes, really yes. extraordinary does have to happen yeah. when you see those cars up the front. No disrespect to the guys at BJR because I know that it's, you know, it's it's, it's tough quite, going. It's, it's quite easy for me to sit here in my Camry and my uh cruise control to go, oh, come on, Brad, make them go a bit faster. Using your armchair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, look, I would absolutely love to see it because, uh, you know, we do love the, the team at Brad Jones Racing. Even Jack Smith, who won a lot of fans when he came on the driver's seat. So, uh, he did. So we hopefully would like to see them on one of the steps, hopefully the top one, uh, coming up in the future. But uh, that was the podium here on the driver's seat. And that about wraps up another edition of the driver's seat. Hey, Nimsy, just mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, Dean text in. Do oh, they yes. have electric cars racing yet? Yes, they do. Formula E and E Extreme in Extreme, rally. And there's also... an electric, electric GT series coming out. There's electric yep. go-karts. Yep. Hey, and, and you know uh, what? They've been racing remote control planes, cars, and boats for years. They have. And, uh, yes, you're right. Also, Dean, on a separate text, uh, there is drone racing in the US, which is pretty cool. In fact, that's all over the world. That's pretty cool. So I've actually thanks seen that for your text, mate. On Appreciate the old it. ESPN as well. But uh, yeah, this has yeah. been the driver's seat. A big thank you to everyone for jumping on board the text line. A big thank you to Cameron Waters for jumping on board too. We'll be back again with another huge edition of the show. Matt, Steve. Hey, Nimsy. Yes. Good to have you back, mate. Oh, yeah. Good. Welcome back, bro. Good to be back. And we'll see you next week on the driver's seat. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.